0: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Jizz Talking for a Sunday. We are pleasantly surprised and honored because we have a second generation person here, not so much in the business, I would say, but uh, the daughter of Bill Margold is with us, Juliet Hamilton is with us. Juliet, how are we doing? I'm good,
1: I'm good. Um, I don't know if you want to use my full name because my full name is Juliet Goldie Bear Margold Hamilton, so... He did put his name on my birth certificate.
0: Um, And that was a question I was certainly going to ask was, how did that, you know, I mean, Goldie Bear was your middle name because he was a fan of bears. And then uh, I didn't know if as growing up, if your last name was Margold or not.
1: Um, No, I went by Hamilton. It was much easier because uh, they weren't in a relationship until after, um, I think Bill moved out when I was three. Okay. But yeah, his name is on the birth certificate. He—I don't know whether he chose to put his name on it. I don't really know the whole scenario or background on that. But I do have margold um, in my in my whole name. Uh, Goldie bear was originated by my great grandmother Golda. In the Jewish religion, you take the G- the letter of the deceased, and then of course he liked bears. So either I was referred to throughout my life as kid, or I was Goldie bear. So. <laughs> Uh, I wrote a couple people have sort of been sending me um, my Hollywood press reviews that he sort of wrote for me, but referred to me as, you know, GB or Goldie Bear. So, you know, um, the ironic thing is watching Tarantino sort of make his name a splash again is so um, interesting. And I guess it's fascinating when someone sent me the whole article and then his name's in the book. Yeah. Speculation. So
0: that's just amazing how all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Bill Margold's name is poof, it's back in in play again.
1: Well, what I find really interesting is that I actually had a recent call with Tarantino because uh, one of Bill's friends had sent me an interview or, I'm sorry, an article regarding the fact that if you look at Tarantino's video archives, I believe, there's a picture of Bill. For um or his cinema his reviews um so someone sent me an article with the speculation that they were going to make Tarantino was going to make his last movie on about Bill which he's really not um, necessarily but Tarantino has the biggest collection of the Hollywood press so he really liked my father um, and met my father in in his twenties and really admired him. So when he wrote in his book, William Margold Quinn, the phrase revenge it was really interesting, and, you know, I guess he just, he wrote his name one more time, um, and what's interesting is that I feel like Tarantino and my father are very similar in the fact that they're pushing the bill, but they're not hearing what people think, you know, as, as you were good friends with my father, you understood that there, you couldn't tell my father something and not be able to back it up, like, you you didn't ha- you didn't have a conversation that was two-sided in a sense of he knew he was right.
0: So, um right. It it was <clears throat> it was just an honor to to know him the last couple of years of his life um and we'll get into into that a little bit more, but uh mainly the purpose that we're uh uh having you on is you are writing a book as I understand and and uh that how is that going for you so far? I bet you're getting a lot of tips and a lot of stories, that's for sure. Um,
1: you know, I'm not so much a story. I'm actually, um, I know I shared my article with you. You're welcome to share it with everyone. Um, you know, I really think what what was my life growing up with Bill, having a social worker mother, a porn star father, and Latin Catholic neighbors living, growing up in Venice was a very interesting upbringing because here I have on two sides of me families that were so against sex. And then I'm in this midst of like going with my dad and he has naked pictures of him on the walls. And I've gone to a Fox of the X-rated industry. And I've seen these pictures of men having sex with men. And I'm meeting Viper. And we're having where she's with her fake boobs. And it's a very um, vulnerable time for me as I'm growing up. Because I don't understand what's really going around about me. My mother said that I was eroticized within the industry. um, And that me having sexual feelings, but people really in the 80s going, oh my God, porn, oh my God, how how dare they? And what is he thinking? And you know, it's shocking to these people. And you're you're trying to go, but this is reality. This is this is what you have to understand. And my mother on this completely other side of it, but no, nowhere was there a filter. Mind you, we're all, I'm of the generation X where we weren't really, you know, looked after. But then my neighbor's going, that's disgusting. And why would someone do that? And their parents more than the children themselves. So um I think it was a very I think what I really come to realize, I was a very not necessarily sheltered child. I was unfiltered, but I was shamed. I was constantly, how dare you, how dare you? So as I grew up, I was like, by 12, 13, I'm going through puberty and I'm angry at my father for choosing a profession over me because He loved sex, and he wanted to have sex, but I didn't understand until I got older, and I got into my own sexuality, and I attended swing parties, and ironically bumped into Ron Jeremy, which was hilarious, um, at a party, and really developed my own sense of being, that I understood what he did was for his pleasure, and he really did, I think one thing I got from my father that I finally developed was my voice. David Wall Wall is actually helping me write my book, and he's been phenomenal and very, very supportive. Um, But, you know, I really think that I let people walk all over me for several years, and at this point in my life, I really do believe you're not going to die from an overdose of pornography. No one ever has. Sex is something to be enjoyed and not to be judged, and the choices that people make in their life don't affect other people, only affect them. Right.
0: And I, I think I heard your dad say that a million times. That nobody ever died from an overdose of pornography. One, of, uh, we, I mean, your, your dad's name came up just the other day. We had a, uh, a birthday party, an 85th birthday party for Jared Rutter, and I hosted it on, on uh, Zoom uh, for um, Luke Wilder and Alexandria Silk. And it come up about the Meese Commission and about how. Um, Bill had to testify in front of the Meath Commission. Well, not only was Bill there, but Ron Jeremy was there. Oh, and interesting. So Ron says, and, and your dad had the knack for saying the most inappropriate things at the most inappropriate times. Who did he? <laughs> and so anyway, Ron says to uh Bill, Bill, what do you think I ought to talk about? And your dad and Bill says, Ronnie, just go out there and tell them you can suck your own cock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you say? <laughs> I never heard that Ron even testified. Your, uh, uh, Bill did all the all the talking on that. But, yeah, go out there and tell them you can suck your own cock.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it's ironic because I just had dinner with my boss and his wife, and I don't care for my boss. And what I used to really do in my younger days was use what my father did as shock value. Oh, so what does your dad do? Oh, he works in Wall Street? Well, my dad's a porn star. And now I can just tell people, my dad just got on his Wikipedia page. Like, check him out. Like, you know, this is what my dad chose for profession. But if um, David and I were talking the other day, the definition of porn is so broad that people are like we're in a we're in a look at me society we're in a I need to be acknowledged society now versus 25 years ago it was videotape and it was harder to get everything's porn now you post a picture of yourself on that in a bikini they, you're wanting to be sexualized but you're not wanting to be sexualized with a woman you're proud of your body you want to share it but then God forbid someone's like oh you look sexy or you look hot because in your mind they're sexualizing you so. I don't, I really, you know, with the love of his life Viper, I think he took a, he took a hard hit with that, but it was a very interesting relationship with her because I remember my mother telling me that he treated her like a piece of furniture. My father, as we all know, could get close enough to the person, but he would never get close, let you get close to him. You could always be close, he could always be close to you but he always had a barrier between you um, he would do. And, and that's how I grew up. That was both my mother and my father. There was always a wall. Um, my father was never really affectionate with me. He was not a hugger, nor was my mother. I know he was affectionate with other people and he really, but he, I, um, I don't know if you've seen eat your soul out. I think it is um, where he, he's, he's, it's hilarious because, and I can't find it on YouTube anymore He's basically, the guy's interviewing him, and he's going, oh, you know, would you let your kids, the famous question, would you let your kids go into the industry? And he goes, well, I have daughters. And the guy goes, oh, you have daughters? And he's like, it's not the hardest thing to do in, the, in life, you know, basically, um, you know, and he goes on to say that, you know, at the time I was in my 20s, she wasn't, my sister was in her 30s, and the older one he had never met, so um, It's a very interesting thing to grow up with a father who does not want to be a father, but wanted to be a father. When I was 18, he did tell me the porn industry was all the family he needed. We always knew where he was, but he wasn't going to make an effort. But in my 30s, I gave up that I didn't need a dad. I wanted to be introduced to people in the industry. That's when I met his friend Mara. Um and then who knew that
0: 10 years later that I would be dealing with his body? Right, right. Well, let's let's uh, skip around and uh Herschel Savage was the uh MC and host with the most at the uh at the memorial service. And uh Herschel, uh you've had lots and lots of stories about uh Bill and hung out with Bill quite a bit. I'll unmute you here and you can go ahead and tell a couple of those if you want.
2: Sure. Hi Juliet. How's it going?
1: It's good, Herschel. How are you?
2: Yeah, I think we met at the memorial service, if I'm not mistaken, right? We
1: we did and I've been actually reaching out to you because I believe you have you have kids, right? A what? You have a son, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. He's 34 years old, yeah.
1: I had been reaching out to you because I reached out to Howie um and I talked to his kids and there was some interest in possibly trying to get something where you know the porn stars with the 80s children because i think it'd be really interesting for the other side of the perspective of growing uh-huh. up a parent in the industry
2: yeah i wasn't aware that you were trying to reach me how did you re- reach out to me i, I yeah, i'm not I,
1: I believe i tried on facebook
2: okay i'm not real good at uh, as patrick will attest to uh doing social media uh-huh. so you should probably you should probably get my uh you know personal well yeah, yeah get my okay. number
1: Okay,
2: I will um, I don't I don't honestly my my son Okay, so uh so he was born in 1989. Okay. Um I had retired from the industry in 1987. Oh. So um so his uh, my relationship with him ha- really never uh you know was anything about the porn industry. He had, you know, I didn't talk about it. I wasn't embarrassed by it, but it wasn't a part of my, uh, I wasn't a, I wasn't a a, a real uh, social maven in terms of, uh, uh, you know, hanging out with porn people or going to, to, but I, but my, um, so I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think he would be interested, but it, it doesn't hurt to ask his, his relationship to pornography was not really there because i i you know i i went back to the industry in 1997 and uh so 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 he was like but just i met your father in 1977 i was living in new york and i uh, and i came out to visit my mom who had remarried after my father passed away and she he moved to los angeles and i don't know how who hooked me up but i met bill Went to his place on the Prey Street, which was his oh, longtime God. man manager residence place, and you know, obviously, your dad was a character, very bright, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, I, I, don't gonna... know what, I don't know what, I don't know. I'm I'm yeah. sorry to he, I'm sorry to hear that your dad never tried to create some kind of relationship. But as you're well aware, his own childhood was a fucking monster oh. cast you know and you yeah know, but oh,
1: uh but you wouldn't you wouldn't have gone to the long prey in 77 in 77 he was still living in culver city he didn't move to the long uh-uh. uh,
2: pretty sure i'm pretty sure okay maybe i don't know where i met him then because
1: you probably um, you probably came to our house in culver city
2: Mike. i don't i don't remember that i mean because i was just visiting los angeles but okay you know better than me i no, i just no, I, I just know but, what I I moved to San Francisco in 80 uh in 79 and would okay. take trips to Los Angeles was he at the Long Prey in uh 79 Yes he was at the Long Okay well then then, well, then I guess that's when I officially met him you know so Would
1: but, you uh, remember um Hershel would you remember a gentleman named Jim Sheldon Johnny my father would have called him Johnny
2: Ah uh, doesn't ring a bell what what what, what was his relationship
1: um, they were good friends. They had been friends since like ni- since the 1960s, and he wrote with my dad on the Hollywood Cross.
2: Okay, you know, I might have met him, but uh, I'm not real yeah. sure.
1: He so, was uh, a raging alcoholic, but I was just...
2: <laughs> you know, no one in your father's relationship sphere was normal. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> yeah, maybe Uh-oh. I was the most normal out of Uh-oh. the poor, Uh-oh. but... <laughs> Is that Howie? Hi, Howie.
3: Hey, okay.
2: So, uh, how's it going? Hi, Sean. So, uh, so, uh, so for me, you know, my relationship to pornography was based on making a living. It wasn't like I worshipped, you know, the, the the altar of sex. Even though, yeah, but uh, but I remember distinctly Bill's um uh rapturous. Uh, relationship with the thought of you know it was you know everything in bill's nature or speech spoke about the immortality uh you know of being a porn star to me that never had any bearing but uh but bill was your dad was entertaining and we became friends i mean we you know as a matter of fact um did you were you communicating with him when he lived on
1: fuller I was. I was, um, I was in and out of his life. I actually brought my, um, in 2012, I went to the Hessler um, induction, uh, and I brought my now husband for the first date that we went on. So that okay.
2: was. Wow. <laughs> yes. So the strange thing is, I mean, I used to meet your dad for lunch every now and then at this uh, Thai place called Galanga on Santa Monica Boulevard, right okay. near Fuller. <laughs> I now live literally five blocks from where your dad lived, oh, strangely, strangely enough. So, um, uh, you know, uh, also, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I started this uh, radio podcast um, and I wasn't really thrilled with what was going on. And Bill you started to assist me on it. And then I said, just take it over, Bill. And that's where he was when he passed away that day that Patrick um, was talking to him so yeah, it's, i was uh, on
0: i was on hold when that happened
1: oh wow that, oh, yeah
0: heard, yeah I, I heard your dad die
1: wow oh god
0: um, i was going to save that story for later but we can later so um but but your dad had a way of inventing words i mean he had terms i remember um we we'd done something for the paw organization on facebook and Nick Least came out or Nick East came out of the woodwork and of course your dad, Ate always, him.
2: Your, Ate dad him.
0: your dad always called him Nick Least and he says <laughs> and he, he sent he he had an, a voicemail I never let Bill go to voicemail except maybe once or twice. I always took the call and that was the voicemail where he just chewed up and spit out Nick Least. Anyway, he said there's gotta be he he he's, is a he said there has to be some common sense, but some common. But he says we we need to call it common censorship to get his shit off our Facebook page, and so I I agreed with that too because I was just filled with hate and and I don't think that the guy is a very uh, uh, loving guy or, or caring guy because
2: he's, he's a piece piece of garbage. Uh, yeah. Juliet, I wanted to ask you real quick. So you say that Tarantino's final project is not about
1: your dad? It's not. It's not about my dad. Um. I, I don't know, I mean, how much he really wanted me to share from the conversation. Um he he really admired my dad. Um I don't know if my dad will have a part in his movie. Um what he's really after is my dad's friend who um was the raging alcoholic and people are it's so fascinating, like I said, to come 25 years into what we are in technology and see, you know, how much speculation is behind this and you know, where it's going and what it's doing and who it is and what it is. Um and really, you know, there's not a lot about my dad's friend. And uh Patrick, I actually got a hold of Chris. Okay. Uh, my dad's benefactor. And it was like talking to a parent who just kept repeating like and he he remembered Jim, which was interesting. But he was like, oh that fuck up, oh that nice guy. And I was like, oh geez, I'm like, oh I can't do this right now. So I heard his information, I gave Tarantino his information. Um, but I know there's a lot of speculation around Bill. I think it is ironic because my father believed himself immortal and to have his, him become relevant six years later is kind of hilarious. So
0: Yeah. All right. Well let's let's go to James and James question or comment for Juliet.
4: Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Juliet, it's wonderful to meet you. Uh, I was a reviewer for about six years and one of my greatest mentors was your father. I mean, the way that he wrote was just, it's one of the great inspirations for me. I just, I really was admired by, I admired the way that he, he could take one sentence and be able to sum up an entire scene what, it, what some writers would take a whole paragraph to do, and uh, I just want to say I was a huge admirer of your father as a reviewer, as a writer, um, and that's really all I have to say. I want to say that it's, it's, uh, it's wonderful to meet you and just give she you my welcome. admiration for your father.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, I think what, you know, my, I'm dyslexic, but what I didn't get in writing, my sister got in writing, I got in verbal. Because um, I can communicate very well and verbally, um, my sister is a very well-written person. She um, actually got to write some of the Hollywood Press reviews as well. And I think just to your words, Tarantino met him in his twenties, and then when you know he came around uh, as a big, he got famous. You know, we would come on to the fact that Bill hated everything Tarantino did, and Tarantino <laughs> sent me on the phone. He's like, I wouldn't have it any other way. But
4: Tar- well, I could well I know that Tarantino, uh one of his uh earlier jobs, he was an usher at the Pussycat. Oh, was he? Yeah, so I'm sure that he was very familiar with your father's work.
1: Oh yeah, no, and they met. They met in person. Um my dad took him to lunch and he if you were to meet my father in person, we're Jewish, so you always feed people and then he sits there and he talks about himself continuously. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll let you get a word in edgewise. Um, you know, he'll have one thing and the next thing to say, but at least you'll have a good meal. Um, and you'll be well fed and on your way with probably a teddy bear or something. I mean, he was very compassionate. Um, you know, he was a big in my mind of like the philanthropist, and that's what I've taken, you know, the good the better parts of him. Um, but he was very well spoken he was very well spoken. He was very well
4: spoken, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, well-spoken. he really, you know, Tarantino really did. And like he was.
4: I just loved how he was just always straight to the point.
1: straight yeah.
4: to the point.: Did, did that muddle?: me. Did that muddle?: really words.
2: No.: Yeah, Ju- Ju- yeah, Juliet, I just wanted to share a, a, a quick uh, story about your father, okay, dating back to 1983. This is obviously, he was the building manager on De Long in West Hollywood. And I was living in um, of San Francisco at the time, and I was hired to do a lead role in a big film. Uh, for that time, it was a big film, probably a hundred to $250,000 film. And on this film, um, I met my future wife, okay? And um, long story short, um, after, after we uh, were communicating from San Francisco to L.A., where she lived, we were supposed to meet at, the, um, at, at a Hilton, I think, near Van Nuys or the Burbank Hilton, you know, a nice hotel at the time, she was going to come to my hotel room to hang out with me. Turns out, she calls me and she said she was attacked. Got it, getting in her car. Guy jumped in her car and tried to rape her. Okay, so this was a... So I was so I was shocked. And uh, fortunately, she got away before she was raped. But I went to see her then in her apartment. She had bruises on her face. And so I said, basically, you can't live in this neighborhood anymore. Not that it was a ghetto, but your father uh, allowed my future wife to move in to his apartment and share a room with somebody else that was living there, and that that act of kindness meant so much to me at that time. I just wanted to share that with yeah.
1: No, I think that's great. I he probably was sharing a room with my sister at the time,
2: or maybe not. Um, sister- I don't think I don't think so. I think it was some blonde uh, woman who uh, was in the industry for a short while. I yeah, I can't remember the names.
1: Okay, some my sister by that time probably had moved in with. It things.
2: definitely wasn't your sister. It definitely okay. wasn't your sister. I guess. Okay. Well, my, my sister
1: was out when she was 15, um, because Bill was being interviewed by a hustler reporter, and he turned toward my sister and said, oh, she's cute. And then, of course, the hustler reporter asked my asked my father, would you let her go into the industry? And he said, when she's 18, I might even direct her. And my sister was like, I'm out of here. So, but uh, my, <laughs> I'll be 47 this year, and my sister is nine years older, so... Father's
2: Day has a special connotation when Bill's (laughs) involved. It's unbelievable. Uh, It's no joke. Yeah, yeah.
0: Bill Bill did have a sense of immortality. And so we were working together on this Paul website and trying to get things together. And and, uh, I'll share with the group and share with everybody here uh, because I can share it on the screen. This was the last um, email I got from your dad the day before he died. And we were we were having a time with working with different people. And he said, egos are panes of stained glass and some are more fragile than others. I'm sure that everything will work out. And since there really isn't any rush, patience is the operative word here. Well, <laughs> time did run out. So felt bad about that. So but yeah, I have that was his last last email. That was the that was the day before he died. And so oh, wow uh let's go to lorenzo lorenzo go ahead we'll check in with you see what's going on lorenzo question for juliet
5: good evening to you juliet first of all hi and let me ask you uh have you made a conscious decision that you would follow your father's footsteps or do a lot opposite and if you had any children i don't know if you do or not what would you pass on to them
1: you know, it's funny because when I was 12 years old, I can be very um, TMI on here. I thought, because I was so overly sexual, by the time I was about five or six, I was already masturbating. I didn't understand necessarily the feeling, but by 12, I thought if I keep myself fat and ugly, I'll never go into the porn industry um, because I really did think, you know, I I think I have my father's sort of immunity to sex. Like I, it was something I could take or leave. I wasn't going to get emotionally attached. I could be very unfiltered. I could be a boy, a guy, as long as that doesn't sound sexist. Um, I do have a nine-year-old little girl. Um, I I haven't really shared the extent of what her grandfather did. He didn't want to meet her. I wasn't necessarily 100% yet comfortable with the situation. Um, I think what I have taught her is that, you know, what I find, just to be candid, I just got reported um, to social services for the second time, growing up in social service, completely different. Um, and one of the things that someone decided, whether it was a pediatrician or the therapist who was a t- dean, decided to report was that my father was a porn star. And how that affects my child in any which way is beyond because there are so many people doing porn now that have children that it was ridiculous. So I think that, you know, what I take from my father are the goods. Um, I've created my own 501c3, Um, I'm a huge philanthropist, I'm very compassionate, I'm a good listener. Um, I've gotten rid of the anger, um, but it took me a long time to figure out that my dad chose the porn industry over choosing to be a father to me. But I had to understand who he was. If you met my father, he was the biggest teddy bear, but you couldn't break the wall. Even his closest friends, couldn't break the wall. No one could help Bill. Bill could only help others. And that's a rock and a hard place to be as a human being because a, you don't know if people want to help you genuinely, but a lot of people are willing to take help and not give help, if that makes sense. Oh. Did that, that was a long-winded answer.
0: Sorry. That, that answers it. <laughs> I, I will say that while, while Bill was tough to break I got him to cry one time. He um, the first conversation we ever had. Um, he called because I was wanting tickets to his Legends of Erotica, uh, yeah, Legends of Erotica show. And he says, "I noticed in your email that you have Yankees as your email." He says, uh, "I'm a Yankee fan, and and who is your favorite player?" And I said, "Well, Sparky Lyle was my favorite player." And he, I said, "Who is yours?" He says, "Well, a guy you wouldn't I wouldn't have never known." His name was Ryan Duran. I said, yeah, he lives in Wisconsin, relief pitcher, Coke bottle, bottom glasses. He said, my God, he says, we're going to be good friends. And so then he said that he became a Yankee fan listening to the World Series game where Don Larson threw the no-hitter, the perfect game. And so I met your dad at 2015 Exotica, and I had with me an autographed picture of Ryan Duran and an autographed picture of Don Larson. And, wow. and uh, uh, he cried right in the booth. He, he says, Patrick, no, nobody does that for me. And yeah. Then, you know, and then he was really bothered one time. He was at a a meeting of uh, a union. They were trying to get some union thing going. And he calls me just pissed off as hell saying, what the hell is an ass hat? Somebody called me an ass hat. <laughs> so he was pretty upset by that. But hey, Sean Elliott for the Sean. Go ahead with a question for Juliet.
6: Hi, Julia. I was in the business in the early 80s. I never met your dad, but I'm listening to this, and I'm saying, what am I going to ask? So I had, who didn't know Bill Margold? The first thing that's coming to my mind as you're speaking is genius causes a lot of pain on the children. It's, I mean, his, it's not only his dad. You had mentioned the grandfather. Well, I was a law student before I got into porn. And uh, his father, uh, his father, right, Nathan Margo,
1: Nathan
6: Margo yeah. Report, mm-hmm. which brought African-Americans the, the proper justice, and he fought for uh, civil rights for indigenous people. So I grew up in this type of family, liberal Jews that were smart, smart for their own good, distancing the father image, I love my dad, distancing from me. I'm going to be an actor, Dad. I'm to be a lawyer. I'm going to be an actor, Dad. Be a doctor. No. I'm not paying for college, Dad. Okay, I'm going to be an actor. So this is what I'm hearing. So I'm trying to conceptualize this, that your dad was a think tank. He, he was so above, I don't above, above, uh, transitional, vertical, uh, horizontally to the porn industry because that was a snippet of what was going on in this man's head. Simple for the fact that, of his own father, his own father's connection, a, a judge in Washington, a, a Frankfurter's mentor. Uh, I know a lot of history about his father, not about your dad. Um, I did read up on one thing. I, I, I was prepared for this. I, I thought it was Tom Snyder's show that asked about sex with the daughter. I didn't know it was Hustle. I thought it was Tom Snyder's show. I
1: think, but, I think, I think several people asked the question, um, because what... It's
6: low-hanging fruit. The question's low-hanging fruit. you got right. a daughter very...
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and I, I think the hard part um is that, you know, what my father did for the industry with, you know, Jeremy. And um what's his face? God, I can't even... The the other guy. Um, with home With Holmes. And, you know, all the women in the, 70, the late 70s and the early 80s, what they did was like prohibition for alcohol. They took something that made people happy, but scared society, and they made it mainstream. So they took the word sex, and they made it what we now have for the, you know, LTGVQ, um, and made it normal. Because now everything is porn. You know, you can get your video camera or your camera phone and you can make a porn. You know, you can send it off. Gonzo,
6: Gonzo porn with an iPhone. Right.
1: But I mean, porn was so risque and it was so taboo. And my father was like, screw this. This is going to be normal. People need to have sex. Religion's not going to stop you from having sex. And um, it's sad because now we're finding all this stuff where you're suppressing someone from a human being, a human thing they're going after children you know you're suppressing with your religion someone's choices to be gay to be straight to be trans to be whatever you want to be but it doesn't affect your religion it doesn't affect your god you're done and it's it's so hard to be in that position where you just have all these eyes on you but my father didn't care about the eyes my father as much as you know he would say he didn't care we're human we do have feelings he really did have this wall. Um, he did not know his his father, his adoptive father, Nathan Margle. He was adopted. We're not sure. I don't know anything really I didn't true. know that. Yeah, okay. yeah He was adopted. Um, he didn't know him long because my father was born in 43. I believe Markle, Nathan Margle died in 47 um, but
6: but he, just the genealogy of it, Karen No You're hit by the name. and, and I would think that. Um, you know, it's funny coming from my, you know, I was never religious, but it's coming from uh, um, that place going back 40 years and going and be these Jews that are taking care of all this in the porn industry. All oh, the sixes, oh, they're all going to hell. Now they're bringing porn to us. I would have loved, I'll close with this, especially looking at Richard, my dear friend Lorenzo, and my dear Herschel. Uh, I would have loved to have been both Seder nights at your dad's house. I would have loved to have been at a Passover (laughs) dinner and hear that fucking conversation because that would have blown our minds. And it would have been funny and it would have been deep and it would have been drinking and it would have been talking. And when I think of your dad uh, for not knowing him, what I get is really so far from the industry, the industry was the vehicle of what this man's mind is torture, his torment, his goodness, the Madonna complex. I can't, my dad would never let nobody pay a bill. Trust me. It's that Madonna. I got to help you. You can't help me. Uh, Uh So he's a he's a fascinating character to me. And I'm uh, grateful to meet you, Julia. um, So uh, thanks for uh, the time and uh, that Don Larson, um, I must be thought of very highly with Patrick because I have a darn Lawson uh, that poster uh, that, that uh, he gave me of uh, the same thing that he had for your dad. So I feel very blessed because I don't think there's too many of those around that Patrick has. Yes, I don't think he the them out.
0: The one that, and um, I got to
6: shout out my, currently my main man, Lorenzo. Love you. Glad to see you here. Yeah.
0: The one that I had was uh, it was an eight by 10 and it was Larson throwing that final pitch. That was what I got, uh, got for Bill. You'd probably see Billy Martin in the background playing second base. So, but that was a, a cool thing. He was, he was just floored. One thing I, 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 one thing I mentioned at, at the memorial service and we get back to what James said about how well your dad could write. I said saying that Bill Margold was a good writer was like saying evil Knievel rode a motorcycle. Uh, You know, Evil Knievel did more than just rode a motor, motorcycle and your dad did more than just write. You know, I mean, they created things and that was just, just something just to read those, those, um, even emails I would get from him. I've got a ton of those. And, uh, of course, you, you know, you can't forget, uh, his business card he had, that was, uh, his business card, God created man and William Margo created himself. And, uh, that was always, uh, he had the
6: middle finger up to everything.
0: I love it. <laughs> he, did. he did. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Let's check him out. Eric, go ahead.
5: No, let's see, what was that? What was he oh, yeah. Al. What was his name? Al, the founder's crew magazine. What's his name? Al. Al Goldstein. What's thinking to somebody else. Oh, sorry. Yeah. His name? Oh. Yeah, I talked to my phone. Oh, yeah. Al Goldstein. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. He had that in Pompano Beach, that middle finger until they... I guess before his death, he had to take it down there, his home there. Okay. And I heard up until he died, he was, live, he was in New York, ended up in Howard Stern, where he had to check in for a bed all the time in New York there. So, yeah, he just, by the end of his life, he just, I guess he didn't live rich. he died for Talking to my phone all night. <laughs> this, this is Zoom chat. Do you want to talk to the co? Zoom chat. Zoom chat. <laughs> oh, it's just like it's a chat room. Yeah. A there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Now, hold
2: on, I want to have an argument with my aunt. She's in the room. Yeah, I'm going to go yell
6: at the dog.
0: <laughs> anyway, Erica... I actually was thinking people?
6: of uh, Al Goldstein when I was talking to Juliet. I said that they probably was a similar... Did they know each other? Had they spoke with each other at all?
4: I in don't know. Uh, I, I,
2: the, they, they, had, they had a...
6: They, Thank had you. Like a for the uh,
2: they didn't have a relationship. I, I, you know, but, you know, why don't you come off yeah. this, uh, Eric, cause he's talking to somebody else, Patrick. I just wanted to share that um, real quickly, okay, because I know time is limited on this show. And he, you know, so uh, your father, Bill Margold, um, came from a really difficult childhood. As you know, he was adopted and never had a relationship with his dad. His mother, his adopted mother, from what Bill shared with me. Was probably bipolar, a pretty, pretty difficult situation, and he was ultimately uh, made to go to a boys' school, like like a reform school, because he was uh, always getting in trouble. And that's where he actually found himself. He actually told me he became the leader. So your father, um, uh, and your father, for whatever reason, would would make enemies would create enemies in his mind that were not on his side and just would go way over the edge. But your father, no matter what the situation, always was on the side of the underdog, the person that couldn't be heard, which was who your father was. And uh, I always admired him for that compassion. Although, if you, if you extricate the hateful part of that, it was great. But well, one little note about your dad. I, I worked on many films with your father, okay? And uh, he, ones he directed, ones he had acting roles in. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a movie called Blue Ice where um, I believe he plays a Nazi, which is great for a Jew to play, you know, always, always <laughs> that. But um, your, fa- your father, as confident as he was as a writer, as a sexual performer, as a pontificator for what's good in life, was terrified of acting in movies, and I used to have to, you know, literally fortify him by saying, "Bill, just don't act; just be yourself." But he he, he just would pour pour beads of sweat anytime he had to appear on film as a character. I thought that was a really interesting aspect of you of your day. Patrick,
6: Patrick, let me get two quick thing. two very quick. Number one. You couldn't act because you got to open yourself up to be an actor. you got to be vulnerable. That's very tough. Uh, number two, uh, it's ironic because the relationship he didn't have with his grandfather, Google his grandfather. His grandfather was all about the underdog. His public life was all about the underdog. So Bill, who didn't have a relationship with his, his father, uh, with Julius it, with his father, did the same thing. There was a mirror image. There's something there. I'm telling you, this is bigger. He's bigger than all of us, Bill <laughs> Uh Let's
0: yeah. switch things over to uh, Richard Pacheco. Richard, now, on the other hand, um, I, you and Bill just didn't hit it off. No, we didn't, from the very get-go. Said- um, uh, this,
3: Juliet, you know all this story. So uh, I'll be very quick about this for the other people, in the, and they're here. Uh, The the best way I can do it is to read you about three paragraphs from my book, because I did it very succinctly. Uh, Right after I did the movie Talk Dirty to Me, it became a very big hit in the X-rated world. Um, The phone was now ringing for Richard Pacheco. It was heady stuff. Uh, I received one scathing phone call from a veteran porn act and self-proclaimed industry spokesperson named Bill Margul. To be kind, he argued, most vociferously, that we were taking the industry absolutely in the wrong direction. He was not gentle in making his points. Wasn't much of a conversation going on. He was pitching, I was catching. His view was that porn belonged to cultural outlaws who needed to remain cultural outlaws. Porn should be kept in the gutter where it belongs, he scolded me. By the end of the phone call, I felt like I had spoken with a buzzsaw. We did not exactly see eye to eye. If Margold's view of sex in the industry were the only one available, I'd have much rather taken a job at Taco Bell. It seemed like I had made a formidable enemy for myself without even trying. Margold was a loud, strident, sensationalist voice who was dedicated and active in many phases of the X-rated industry. Fortunately, our path did not cross all that much while we both worked as actors in the late 70s and the 80s. In the end, the industry actually proved large enough to accommodate the both of us. When Margold and I would meet in later years, it was always civil and with a handshake. By then we had many industry friends in common. For all his hard-edged bluster, I came to see in Margold, a guy who behaved quite differently behind the scenes than you'd expect from someone with his ultra abrasive public persona. Like my mentor, Anthony Spinelli, Sam, Bill Margold was very protective of the young actors and actresses he met in the fields of porn. He had a well-earned avuncular reputation for making many life-saving efforts to help the lost, the wild, and the drowning kids who got caught up in the drugs and the torrid life of LA in the fast lanes. Don't tell anybody, but Bill Margold was
0: one of the good guys. For sure. This might have been, um, this picture here might have been one of the last times, Richard, you saw Bill. It was at uh, Herschel's one-man show, 2016, in Venice.
3: Yeah. Well, Herschel and Bill had a podcast. And there was another fellow involved named Tom Novak, who was an ex-NFL player. And I became good friends with Herschel. And Tom Novak took a liking Uh to me. And both of them were trying to convince Bill that I belonged in the XRCO. And... I had never been invited in, and I, since it was Margold's Bailiwick, I, I didn't particularly care. I didn't expect any kindness from him. Uh, I was happy that we had a standoff, uh, and that his kind of movies were being made, and so were mine. What I didn't know, I made an unforgivable error that I didn't know about. When I was, we were both writers, and we both took to the pen to argue our points of view about whether industry should embrace women or just beat them up. Um, And (laughs) I clearly was on the other side from Bill. And I made the offhand remark in writing, I wish he would just forgive his mother already and make peace with the female gender. I had no idea the reality of Bill's background. No one had ever told me he was adopted. I didn't know any of that story. And I only found out about this very late in the relationship, before he died. If I had been him and I had read what I had to say about him, I would never have forgiven me either. It was a mistake I made without knowing it, but it was a critical I, one.
1: I don't think Bill really shared um, a lot about his children. I, don't, I think it was ironic that for a man that had issues growing up with, the, with females that he only produced girls. Um, that the name Tom Novak is the, right. like nailed down a chalkboard. That man was a horrid piece of shit. Um, going through the GoFundMe shit. I oh, mean, God. and I really, the Bill, the, I really saw Bill come out of me because my father, the one thing my mother was not, my mother was not, my father was not a physical person, but that man could tear you down to pieces with your word, with his word, in an instant. My father could destroy you emotionally literally it didn't matter um when he wanted to i mean he was very confrontational and with his words, verbally but you know i really saw that side of bill come out of me when tom novak went head to head with me and i made it very clear to people what a horrible person this was and ironically you know karma's a bitch because he passed away
2: yeah i i remember this whole thing with tom novak but i just want to say one thing about your father um despite his inability or lack of desire to develop a meaningful relationship with his children you especially a bill had a, a a almost um an obsessive um supportive quality for the girlfriends that he had in his life like Drea and Viper. It was almost like a run-on sentence about how wonderful these women maybe not Drea in the long not term. Drea. But, uh, yeah, not but Drea. By, well initially uh, that's what I think you know, that was okay that relationship for a while. Okay. But but the whole Viper relationship, Bill, your dad, would have died on the cross for Viper. And this yeah. was basically his, uh, it was almost, you know, I was, I met Piper. And I was in the home in the long frame when Bill had not shown up yet. And it was very uncomfortable. She had quite a personality that was hard to latch on to. But Bill, your dad, the, the more off the beaten track a person was, the more he liked them.
6: Because that's who your dad was. He never fit in. Well, plus it, for wasn't kids. Kids. it goes back to what I'm sharing that I believe that when you're vulnerable and you're a genius, it's you can't open to your kids. You can't open. It's easy to be with Viper. It's easy. It's closer to you to be married. Right. To, it's not the people right. that are in your Wait, soul. But
1: you okay. I so i so me let me tell you some about Viper because my father, so what they did to us, those children, was I was in my dad's life from zero to about seven eight they decided that that he's married to drea at this time there should be no kids in the porn industry drea and him divorced and my dad comes to pick me up and everyone knows he and him his vw van ironically which was my mother's before his um and he goes i have a new girlfriend and the first thing out of my mouth i'm like 10 years old going are you going to marry her and he's like he starts laughing and here i walk in and this woman has, I, and I'm 10, fake boobs, nipple piercings, dragon tattoo, and her hair. And I'm like, okay, who is this woman? And we're I'm 10 years old. We're going to Coldwater Canyon where they, they shot tons of porn. And she's going skinny dipping. And I'm like, oh, I'll just go skinny dipping because this is the norm and who cares? And that woman, the best story ever, gave me my first pair of plastic rhinestone stiletto heels. And I swear to you, those are my most cherished possession. Because in my era, my my role models were a little girl named Annie with a sugar daddy, and Julia Roberts, who was a prostitute. So here I'm walking around for Halloween, thinking, "I'll just dress up as a prostitute. I got the shoes, and I got the dress." And <laughs> I so I mean, this is my norm growing up. like, I think Viper stories are the best. He tried to save Viper from herself, and what I think it's funny. I lived in London when Boogie Nights came out. My friends are like, we're going to go see this baby Boogie Nights. No idea what it was about, walked in and started crying. Whether Burt Reynolds was taken from my father, that was my father. The compassion, the love, and the trying to save other people. If you can't save yourself, what a better thing to do than save someone else. You know, ironically, Julia Moore's character, when she's going through the courts, a biker was going through the courts trying to get custody of her kid and they wouldn't give it to her. Viper was so high on Coke. My father never did drugs. He never drank alcohol. He was extremely, up until a certain age, he was extremely careful with his body. He played flag football. Um, mm-hmm. He took care of himself. He ate balls. We'd go get fish fillet sandwiches. He'd take off the bread and just eat the fish. Um, so I remember going and we had stubs with teddy bear. And, you know, this is when I first realized my father was famous, that I had a teddy bear we're eating at a cafe and someone's going, oh, it's like, and I'm like, Okay, how do you know this This is my dad? Like, um, you know, so, I mean, to to everyone's point, it, it was just Viper was the most interesting woman he could have ever dated. I know it was the love of his life. I think that's where he actually felt really hurt and really pained. And I think, in a sense, he didn't necessarily give up on life after that, but he didn't take care of himself after that.
0: There's, there's, we see him go downhill. There's kind of a point, though as much as he shit-talked Drea all the time to me on the phone, every time, ugh, you know, just every time her name come up,
1: ugh. Her daughter was a bitch.
0: But she, two days after your dad died, she called me and um, said uh, that that Bill had said so many nice things and that she, he wanted her to have my phone number. I thought...
1: Do you, do you still have her phone number?
0: It's probably somewhere around here. Yeah. If probably...
1: you find it, will you email it to me? Oh, yeah. To...
0: Yeah. And and point would... and, and point number two is he loved Viper so much, but when she kind of took off, I never heard that he ever followed her, or chased her down, or maybe that's he, he just let her go.
2: to do.
0: And it was so weird. So
2: let's go back. You know, you know, you know, Viper was somebody who Bill. Uh, did his best to make us a, a big star in the porn industry and that never happened because a lot of the men um who met her were afraid of her they just <laughs> you know, I, I don't i don't know why i never actually worked with viper um but um that was such a big disappointment to him that he yeah, i read viper F- that, 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 that. jim and Artie mitchell
0: <laughs> go ahead eric what
2: she had,
5: viper also tended to hang out with the Mitchell brothers, Jim and Artie, when they were still alive up in San Francisco.
0: Okay. Anything else, Eric?
5: Well, there's not much else that I read somewhere said so they thought her, they think they saw her in Arkansas, but no way to no way to prove or verify that she if she was spotted there.
0: Well, she's passed away now, so anyway. That's right,
5: and then if she had that viper tattoo, she could have it removed by now, huh? Eh?
0: Well, from the as Bill said, it was from the tit to the clit.
1: It really was. And yeah. it's funny because I will give you this tidbit of information. The only reason I had to take a shower after sex was one night I was sleeping at the long prey on the couch and they were growling like a bear and hissing like a snake. They finished having sex. She got up and she took a shower. I was about 11 or 12. And that was one of the most interesting. <laughs> and it's amazing what it instills in you that you don't think you're going to, you know, think about as you go. So, um, you know, she was not a force to be reckoned with. You did not fuck with Viper. Um, she shoved up every single dollar she had, and she mud-wrestled. Yeah. So, David, are,
0: are you going to talk to us, David? I'd certainly like to hear from you. If you unmute yourself. Audio. He's, he's working, he said, but uh, just just checking in with uh, David. Uh, your your dad had a cat named um, Amberlynn. That was kind of unique. I don't know what she ever thought of that. She she tried to adopt it. Amber Lynn also has, and we're kind of the stalemate, as um, Amber Lynn in her storage unit has your dad's um, computer. But I have the password to it. <laughs> and so anyway... Uh, we're kind of at a standstill on who's going to get that computer, and if I get it, I want to look at it because i got the password to it, but she's, uh, she says, well, I'm I'm not going to send it, blah, blah, blah. So I said, I'll pay for you to send it, but anyway, so I'm still kind of well, waiting. Well, she
1: gave it to me. I don't, Amber and I started kind of have a, a falling out. Um, I think what people don't realize was, I wondered the day that my dad died, how I'd find out, and I found out on Facebook, uh, so my mom <laughs> away because um, I'd lose my mom three months later. But I then had to go to his place on Fuller, get the corner, and it, my husband helped, had to help carry his three 200 or 300-pound body down a flight of stairs because they sent this 160-pound this one corner to bring my father downstairs in this Fuller apartment. Um, and Amber was there. The cat got out um you know, I, I had such mixed feelings at the time of dealing with everything and trying to figure things out. And I think, you know, all these people coming up to me, telling me how much they loved my father. and He was such an amazing man. And I'm like, who the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you know, I mean that and I'm sorry to be blunt, but I was just like, I don't know this person. You this is the phone call I have with my father at 18 after I, I go to therapy. I have a great therapist now, but I've been in therapy all my life. My, I called my father up, we're talking, talking, my mother was molested by her father, my mother didn't want a relationship, she wanted a child. My father said to me, what? I performed, she had a child, and I, you know, the porn industry is the only family I need, so at 18, I took that and I ran with it, you know, and tried to move on with my life and figure it out, but, um, you know, I took that for what it was, but I think once I got into the swing industry with the guy I was dating at the time, it really did open my mind to a lot more of what he had done for a living. And I was more like, okay, okay. I can respect like his choice of career and I can honestly separate Bill from my father, from a dad figure. But right. it, it was a very, and I, my childhood was never boring. It oh, was boring.
0: So, so let's cross over to what we're going to do today is you're starting uh, to develop a concept for a book or you've got, things in the works Let, let's talk about that and and where we are with that
1: um we've david and i have had a couple interviews we've really talked about getting into the nitty-gritty we actually are talking about a podcast and i've actually talked to another one of my dad's friends named paul and um, i guess he's a writer director um or a writer or producer i'm not sure about really trying to you know ground up all the kids in the industry and richard you know i've talked to your kids and Um, You know, I mean, they're great. They're, you know, interesting and fun. And, you know, we all have different perspectives. And I think going forward, I I think my first thing is really to get that article out there. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how. Um, It's a very – it doesn't seem to be easy. I think one of my big goals would be to get on Howard Stern because Howard Stern reminds me a lot of Bill. Um, You know, I think there's a lot to – I think there's a lot of interest in my life. I just need to figure out how to get it out there. All right.
2: Why, why don't you ask uh, Tarantino? He, 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 there's no reason why he wouldn't help get you involved. I, I have
1: asked him. I've asked him in emails, and he hasn't come back to me with anything. Um, I even asked if he might help my daughter get into modeling, and he wasn't. He told me he wasn't hip to that. I asked him if he could possibly introduce me to Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, I'm not. I'm not scared to ask. Um, I didn't grow up with, you know, fear of asking the question. If the answer is no, so be it. But um, he hasn't answered any of my emails recently. Um, so, but, I mean, again, it's, it's trying to just find the right niche to get in. The The article is um, written by a ghostwriter with my voice, and I feel like it's an extremely well-written article for what it is. So.
0: Well, one of the neat things we got at the end of the memorial service was uh, – Everybody got to pick a bear, and I decide I want to get the lions bear from uh, from the collection. So that means lot has it right, have it right, right up on my desk, right above me. I just reach down, and there's the bear. So anyway, and and hopefully
1: they'll do better this season. That
0: that was the deal. See, the year when your dad passed away, the lions were having a good season. They're like undefeated, and so your dad had always said, "I've got a deal with God that says." if the lions win the super bowl, he's going to let me die. And so anyway, the lions were doing very well. And so they were like five and oh, and I called him up and I said, Bill, I said, um, your lions are five and oh, any, any plans for a funeral? (laughs) Because I thought, well, they'd go on to the super bowl and win it. (laughs) He laughed about that. But then, then, uh, they uh, lions played dallas and i think that dallas won and then so he called Joe, jim south and and um, anyway it was it was quite a deal but anyway the event that they had at uh, david bernalino's house i'm sure the day was very very confusing for you because you heard all these monumental things i mean he uh The Wally Spark stuff that was all bullshit. I mean, it was he'd get on TV and argue, and there was there was answering machine messages back and forth of of how they were working together on that stuff. And
2: that was some of the funniest stuff ever aired. If any get a chance, see the Wally George interviews with with Bill. Hysterical.
0: And the time that uh, they had the guy break into the pinata factory and fuck the donkey pinata, that was Bill Margo that did that. And uh, it was it was just uh, a grainy black and white video, but yeah, if you look that up on uh, on on YouTube or whatever, I do have um, on our site justtalking.com. If you go into uh, random stuff, I do have your uh, uh, father's uh, memorial service saved up online. So if you ever want to watch that. That's there, ah.
2: uh, Pat, Pat. Pat, do you have that photo of Bill and I in front of the van? Yeah, I was
0: looking for that earlier Can I'm...
2: you can you put that up? Because I wanted to say we went together to watch Tarantino's movie, The Hateful Eight, at this theater, and he parked on the roof where no one else was, and uh, he didn't look good at that time. I just I just clearly remember your dad. He uh, emotionally and spiritually didn't care to live anymore, and it was very sad, it was like, outside of his enormous appetite and love of food, he just gave up, man. I guess most people do eventually give up, but you gotta have a fighting spirit to create some value, man, because uh, it was, um, you know, he went out quietly, he came in quietly, made a lot of noise, and then went out quietly. But, um, Howie, uh, Richard, what you said, he really was a good guy, but whoa, so fucked up. <laughs> but he was a good guy. Of <laughs> really
0: um, all the times I want to find a picture and I can't find a picture. I do have a picture, though, of Bill and uh, Rob Spallone and Herschel here, three tough guys there.
2: There you go. Oh, that's a great shot. Yeah. 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 That's like the like two, year 2000 or something like that. It's like you guys are about to start singing a cappella there.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, was, um, uh, yeah. That was, that was that was that was that was a takeoff on The Sopranos, co- called The Sopornos that VCA put. Uh, that well. did quite well, you know. That's it.
0: Yeah, I hear about it every time I see Rob. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 fucking Rob, unbelievable man. Uh, they had a strange relationship, Rob and Bill. I, you know, you know.
6: He was did fun to be with. Much in you work. Fu- I'm sorry, Hershey. Go ahead. it's uh, no, good. Go I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead. I, I was curious. I was in New York, 81 to 84, in this industry. Did he? Did your dad uh, work in New York much? Did he? work like with the. Uh, the I, 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 I know for a fact. I know for a fact he didn't. He
2: was he never, never was in New nah. York. Of course, what I was in the West Coast. What are we thought? No, of he was he, he was West Coast based man. I mean, he. I, I don't think he. I don't think he was a real fan of traveling, anyway. I mean, but uh, no, he was. He had his his hovel where he lived forever, and uh, and he was happy in that world. I but he, honestly, I I actually remember a movie I did where Bill directed it called San Fernando Valley Girls, and he I shot a scene with at the time was uh, John Holmes' girlfriend. I forgot what her name is. She's very small in stature but we shot this scene in a in, a, in a, a room that with the lighting and the outside temp it was literally 140 degrees in that room oh and uh, i just remember i i just remember your dad as a director was f- great to work with he just just it was an easy gig i mean i've worked with many directors who you just wanted a punch in the face because you just knew they wanted, they didn't want you to succeed. They had no erotic feelings. Your dad loved being a part of this, but he made it fun. He, he was an easygoing director and he, that's why he directed so many small films. He, he, he could have done much more because he had the intellect and the ability to direct porn in a really um, great way. I, 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 he's not really well known as a porn director, but he could do everything. He really could.
6: Yeah. Uh, the, the reason I brought that up was because he had mentioned something with Howie about, um, uh, with how he was reading off from, um, from hindsight. And I'm thinking that because, uh, you know, porn being porn, I mean, New York porn earlier was, the, you know, that it was the deuce. I mean, it was gritty. It was dirty. It was. The raincoat crowds and the, all the theaters and then the avon everything next to each other majestic so i think he would have had a a view on it even though he he probably had an ear to the coast back then i was wondering if he ever said anything or interviewed i'll have to look that up if he had a thought on it because it, with respect i mean what california made it happen and grew it but new york you know was the genesis of the, the filth of it and i think it would sounds like it's more to his ilk where he would go, and where anything goes, you know yeah. what? You know what, Sean? So I lived that in those
2: early New York days. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Bill would have liked it. It was scummy, sleazy people, man, and well, it that's was what just, I thought he was into. That's why. No, is, but but you you, right? you know what? I don't think Bill was that personally. He liked right. sensationalistic stuff, but he wasn't a, a filthy-minded pornographer. He wasn't that. He's a nice Jewish boy who right. just got fucked he, over. He right? wasn't the
6: Amero brothers, you know, where you're going to fuck a cat at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. No. I got gotcha. you. I, gotcha. I turned that roll down. <laughs>
2: um, uh, <laughs> gotcha. That was a bad choice on your part. You should have <laughs> taken the roll. That <laughs> got very famous.
0: <laughs> that was one of my uh, most favorite photos of Bill was he was... Oh,
2: that's a great shot, man. Wow. Yeah, that's a nice shot. So yeah. you can't find any <laughs> photos with me and Bill. Um, no, There's one can't. photo. Uh... I, I should okay. have looked ahead of
0: time and I didn't. So I'm sorry. But, yeah, uh, I have. Yeah. He was a big fan of Hill Street Blues. He was supposed to be on an episode of Hill Street Blues and he got the date and the time wrong. But whoever invited him still gave him the badge, a police badge for Hill Street Blues. So that was kind of a neat thing. But he um, he sure paid forward uh, a few things for me. He had organized with uh, Mike Molino from Triple X Porn Star Radio. Um, uh, me to broadcast from Denver's Exotica. And that happened after Bill died even. And then we worked on this uh, cupcake theater thing with David Bertolino. Uh, we used some old mailing list that we that somebody had found at Bill's apartment when they were going through it and used all that to send out invitations to things. So, and I was at that as well too. But uh, for the rest of my life, I'll never forget the night I, I was on hold um, when, uh, they were talking, your dad was on the radio and he was talking and I don't, I don't know if he had an interview or not. I don't think he, had, he even had an interview. I was supposed to go on the bottom of the hour, which have been 4.30 PM Pacific time. And it was six, it would have been 6.30 Iowa time yeah. and at, at 6.19 um earlier in the day your dad was bitching because he his phone didn't work right. He had a cordless phone, said it was a piece of shit. Did Walmart sell one of those 25-pound rotary dial phones anymore? And I said, No, they don't. So anyway, I thought when I heard the phone drop that it was the phone cut out, but uh later on I realized after I listened back to it, um your dad passed away at that time. So that was at like six. 6:19 or PM Central Time, right on the air. So um I would say that he would have had it no other way, uh, because that's he was that kind of guy.
4: But uh,
0: anyway, any other questions for Juliet? We'll we'll take care of them real quick, and then we'll next week's guest is going to be Lexi Luna, and so you won't want to miss out on Lexi. She's a a great gal. We uh, met up at Exotica a couple weeks ago, but. Any other questions for Juliet comments? Well,
3: I want to suggest something. Um, I don't know. I don't know you that well, Um, but uh, I'm sensitive to when you want to promote something from the porn world, mostly um, the world looks at it as ratings and sensationalism and. Those aren't, in my view, the best people to be working with. They don't give a fuck about you. They're going to exploit you. Shauna Grant's dead. She killed herself. Page one. That's all they want. Uh, You got a lot of that in your story. Just the nature of the stuff. You got a suicide. You got a strong personality. You got a... Bill was a dominant force. Um, There's a lot of powerful stuff like that. And... My suggestion to you, and I'm, be, I'm being parental here, um, yeah, you know, you need to figure out who you want to be. I mean, Hi- Howard Stern is huge, huge. But Howard Stern is fucking Howard Stern. He's a shock jock. He wants the ratings. That's all he wants. And if he sees that in you, he'll play you and use you. Um, I don't know what you want. You know, I'm thinking somewhere in you, there's a lot of showmen, showwomen. And you know you want to be the power you are. Okay, lady, take off and run. You got a lot of raw stuff in there to use, but think about where you want to get to. Um, I think you want—I mean, you know—I'm—I'm I'm open for some peace of mind, some peace of heart, some loving abilities for your marriage. You married now? You've uh-huh. got a kid. I do. Yeah. Wow. Well. All right. Well, that—that's other things take over now because it's one thing. To be that in porn, it's quite another to be married and try to live with that and balance your life. And that I think you had a taste of me that way because you've met three of my three of my kids and you've talked to them without me around, so you yes. have a sense for how it was done for them. Um, and I wish you the best in that, and I wish I offer you friendship in that. No,
1: um, no, I, I appreciate. It. I think what I want, and I know what I want now, versus what I you know thought I wanted. I want people to be, be able to identify. So as a little girl, I couldn't go up to my friends and go, so my dad's a porn star. Oh, is yours? Um, I, want, I want to be heard. Howard Stern might make a mockery of me. I wanted to go on when I was 12, 13 to Donahue and bring Bill on. My mother wouldn't let me because he thought, she thought Bill would tear me apart. I'm a much stronger individual now. I was so suppressed for so many years, and I let people blame me. My neighbors blame me for their abortions and their stupid sexual antics, and their mother told me I was a bad influence on my life because of my parents' career choices. I'm not to blame for what my father did for a living, but I have a story to share, and I have an ability to talk about sex like no one else. I do not care. My friends all come to me with their conversations about sex, about blowjobs, about eating out, Does not matter what the topic is, I do not have judgment. My father was not a judgment person when it came to someone else's sexuality or their wanting to have sex a certain way. So I think that's where I stem on being a voice for other people. Oh, sorry.
6: No, I just wanted to say one thing. You're saying you, and I'm coming in as a parent too, because I recently came back in the business of some sort. My kids are grown. I have the kids that are so proud of their dad because it's cool. So it's not just about, don't hate me, I don't know you, but as a parent, that just, that hit me like a, like a bolt of lightning because when somebody, I made a conscious decision in the eighties to PR myself as a character actor coming under the table because I had a mainstream acting career that I was working on. I didn't want to be known except outside the rainbow crowd. I did not want it. Now it's fun for me. It's an ego boost, but my kids are grown. So I think what, how what Richard is saying is that when you PR yourself, which way do you want to go? Howard Stern is number one shot. I mean, that's out there. So be prepared for what's going to come your way, your family's way, your relative's way, your children's way. If you PR yourself big and then you weigh out, is it really worth it this way or not? Do it if it is. But I, I, I agree with Richard. And that's apparent to me because okay. it's not just about you. It's about the kid.
1: It's about oh, everything no, And I mean, I'll protect my, I'll protect my daughter as much as I can because I wasn't protected, and my husband will protect her as much as he can as well. But I'm not going to not expose my child to certain. My daughter knows the word penis. She knows the word vagina. She's asked me the variations of sex. I'm not going to filter her on reality when reality's staring us in the face. I come from being shamed as a mother now, and my mother was shamed. Society. I don't want society to let my daughter make her her make her choices. I want my child to make her own choices, and I think that's your children. You know, I'm proud of what my father did in the industry. Now, was I 12 and proud? No, but the evolution and the internet have made me aware of what he's done for the industry and who he was capable of doing. And you know, I watched a horrible documentary on the woman that got AIDS in the industry, and he hugged her. You know, he took her in. He showed her love, you know. I always joked I should have been a therapist because I can listen to people's issues and everything. But I would have had everyone living with me. My father would bring you in, give you the shirt off his back. Um,
6: Clearly, you you have a story to tell. Clearly, it's dying to get out. Then, then do it. Sounds like you you have good footing. I just wanted, I think, I just want to add to what Richard was saying and just put that out there. But the flip side of that is, you've got that story. It's there. Just your last. Staccato way you were talking the last few sentences. It's bursting, so maybe you can be the one that can interrupt the pattern of what happened to your mom, but step and bring something enlightenment to people uh, and get your story out. I wish you nothing but the best with that. Yeah
1: no. you
6: know you know you're, uh, I'm sorry, Pat, I sent some photos of
2: Bill if you had no, no. Okay. Ah. Oh, there we go. That was the, when we saw the hateful wait that was a that was a in west los angeles and so i took a picture of bill uh that was close to the end i think he did
1: he didn't look good
2: no he did not not that i looked any better but he really looked bad <laughs>
0: and my three favorites in the business right here three favorite people right there so,
2: but uh Anyway. Uh, you got you got that other picture of him with the chocolate cake. That's a that's a classic. Yeah, I got that somewhere. I I, I just sent it to you.
0: I know, but we can't have it all.
2: Right. It's it's a happy bill shot, which is very rare. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: I know it's too technically anyway, so, difficult. Anyway, we're uh we're a little over our time, but Juliet, again, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And uh, don't be a stranger on our page. We'll make sure you get an invite to be in the in the mix on our adult pain you know your dad once told me getting an autograph from somebody has to be the stupidest fucking thing in the world you would ever do <laughs> and then what the next thing the he does is he has i'm driving home after he curses me out about it i'm driving home from somewhere all day and eric edwards calls me says hey uh bill said you need some autographs i mean he
4: lined up everybody for me <laughs>
6: So anyway. Patrick, what did you say? Hill Street Bill Blues was his, one of his favorite shows. Yeah, and, and yeah, then I she ended up with uh, what's the word? Ended with the tagline. What they said after every show at the beginning. You remember it? Stay okay. safe out there. Or
2: Stay
0: something safe something out there.
2: You like bet. All right. Okay. Uh, but, uh, Pat, send uh, Juliet my uh, information so yeah. she yes. can contact me.
0: I certainly will. You bet. And I'll All look right. for I'll look for Dreya's information as well too, and then. That guy, the drunk guy, they can't find. I, I, I'm i pretty handy at finding people. So, anyway, I'll, I'll find that guy for you. So, anyway. Oh,
1: no, the drunk guy's dead. The drunk guy. Oh, probably drunk
0: guy's dead. Well, then, uh, no He session. died in his 30s. Johnny
1: died in his 30s, um, um, yeah. from what we understand. So, I mean, I have one picture of him. So.
0: All right. All right. Well, again, uh, we appreciate Juliet being with us. And uh, next week, Lexi Luna is going to be our guest. Don't forget, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Jizz Talking and of course on YouTube at Jizz Talking as well. So we'll see everybody next Sunday with Lexi Luna. We'll see you then.